All right, repeat out loud after me. Becoming, Becoming. serving, Serving. sharing, Sharing. preparing. Preparing. Let's do it again. Becoming, Becoming. serving, Serving. sharing, Sharing. Preparing. preparing. Those are our four focal points uh, as a church, and, and this is a series called This Is Us, and we're talking about the kind of church that God wants us to be. Last week, we kicked it off by focusing on that word becoming, becoming fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. We believe that God wants us to be more than just believers that he wants us to become disciples. And last, last week, we unpacked that for you. And if you weren't here, if you missed that, I want to invite you to either go online or get a CD so that you can listen to that because it's really important to us that you understand that we, we want to help you become the man or woman of God that he's called you to be. We want to come alongside of you, give you the tools, the resources, and the encouragement that you need to become that person. Today, I, I want to focus on the second pillar that, that we look at. It's called serving our community at their point of need. Um, when I came back to Oklahoma City, some of you uh, are aware, I was here as a youth pastor in the early 80s, left for 22 years, pastored around the country, um, came back in 2009. Uh, and when I came back as senior pastor, I spent several months just asking God the question, Lord, what kind of church do you want us to be? And, and as I prayed and the staff prayed and as the board prayed and as we wrestled through that, one of the things I heard loud and clear was this whole idea of us becoming a church that served the community. You know, often as pastors, we, we, we focus really, really hard on getting people to come to worship services. And, uh, and I had done a lot of that through the years. And as I was praying, it was so interesting to me because I'm, I, I heard God as clearly, I'm kidding you not, as clearly as I'm speaking to you right now, I heard God say to me, Steve, stop trying to get the community into the church and get the church into the community. And that was a, a real shift in, in thinking about the kind of church that I really believe God wanted us to become. And so we began to explore that as a staff and as a board. We began to ask that question, what would it really look like for us to, to find vital points that we could serve the community at, at their point of need? And we discovered many. And for the last, now for the last uh, 10 years, we've been working really, really hard. And I want to stand before you tell you, out of all of our focal points, I think we've nailed this one the best. I, I feel like because we've given this so much attention, this is one of the things that we do really, really well. And uh, I want to just unpack, because I know a lot of you have no idea of all of the connections that we have as a church. And I'm, I'm just going to give you the tip of the iceberg. We have literally dozens and dozens of groups that we connect with, that we serve and, and allow to use our facility. I just want to give you just some images to give you just a snapshot of some of what we do. Are you ready? Let me walk you through this journey. Throw that first one. Sky Ranch Elementary um, is right down the street. One of the questions we ask uh, Janet, when, uh, Janet Russell, who was our children's pastor at the time, we began to ask the question, how could we serve the local schools? Now, interestingly enough, our church is in the zip code 73170. It's one of the wealthiest zip codes in Oklahoma. And so we know that a lot of the struggling to, uh, schools and things, we, we, we thought they might be miles and miles and miles away from us. However, when we, did, when we started checking, we discovered at Sky Ranch Elementary, which is on Western, just a mile down the street, that it's a Title I school. That means 50% plus of their lunches are federally subsidized because their kids live below the poverty line. 
And so we began to build a, a relationship with Sky Ranch Elementary. We went to them and said, we're right up the street. How could we serve you as a church? How could we help you? And we discovered several points, one of which we just did. Throw that next picture up. They just went back to school. And uh, as they went back to school, one of the things we did, if you saw, if you were a part of this over the last several weeks, is that we collected school supplies for those kids. And we began to come alongside kids who wouldn't be able to afford to have the pencils and the notebooks and all the things that they did. Throw that next picture up there. You got it up ahead of me. Um, The stuff that we collected, over $1,200 worth of materials that we took to Sky Ranch Elementary School. Isn't that awesome? I mean, they, and they were, they were so grateful. We've come alongside of them each year now for the last several years at Thanksgiving time, and we provide uh, food baskets for families. I think last year it was close to 30 families that we provided food for at Thanksgiving. At Christmas time, we, we have Christmas tree out there that will have kids, uh, kids gifts on it that they would like, and we come alongside of these kids who wouldn't be getting a gift for Christmas unless we came alongside of them. And again, last year, I think there were a couple hundred gifts that we provided as a church that we gave not just directly to the kids, but we gave to the parents to give to their kids so they would be able to present them something. It's been a beautiful, beautiful partnership that we have with Sky Ranch Elementary. A new relationship, throw that next slide up there, is WizKids. How many of you have ever heard of WizKids before? WizKids is an incredible program that uh, helps kids learn to read. Here's the deal. They've discovered sociologically that if kids are not able to read at fourth grade level by the time they get to fourth grade, that their tendency is going to be to move into uh, more into crime. In other words, if, we, if kids can't read, if they're not able to keep up with the class, then they turn to other things as, as a way of, of an outlet. And this is what we've discovered. The more we can help kids read, the more we steer these at-risk kids away from a life of crime. Does this make sense to you? And so WizKids is one of those programs, and it's been historically down at Capitol Hill area, and we've had volunteers who have helped down there. Uh, John and, and Charlotte Coley from our church are two of the heads that help with that, and we've come alongside of them and, and, and helped with that, this mentoring program where they simply sit and on Thursday afternoons and will read to kids or have kids read to them to help them learn to do this. Here's the cool piece. WizKids is now here at Chartel. Uh, this year, they actually, because of the realignment of the Oklahoma City Schools, they were closing the WizKids location down at, at Capitol Hill. And so now we have WizKids here on Thursday afternoons. We're, we're getting to read again with the Sky Ranch Elementary kids, so we're able to come alongside of them. If you are interested in a place to serve and you want to make a difference, not just now, but for generations to come, WizKids is an incredible program. John and Charlotte, you're right here. Stand up for me, would you, real please? These are two fixes. They'll be out there. They have a table out there. They'd, you'd love to talk to them, wouldn't you? We love that. Yeah, give them a round of applause. I just love the ministry that, that they do. But WizKids, WizKids is a program, again, we support it financially as a church, and we support it with volunteers, and I hope that you'll get connected to that. Throw the next one up. Another one is Brink Middle School right next door. Um, we've developed a relationship with, with Brink. We became a safe place for them. If they needed to evacuate, they could come and uh, make this their safe place to, to get away. Uh, we've done a lot of things. We've had different sports programs, basketball teams, and so forth. Throw that next picture up there. I thought this was so cool. Look at the sign. Thank you, Chartel Church, for all you do for Brink. This was just up on their sign just a few weeks ago. And when I saw that, I'm going to tell you, it, it, was one of, it was probably one of the warmest moments I've ever had as a senior pastor. That the idea that a, public, a city public school would thank a church for coming alongside of them. And we've been able to, to be a part uh, of, of Brink and help them in a lot of different programs. One of them, throw that, throw that next slide up, has been their cheerleading squad. Their cheerleading squad practices in our gym. And their cheerleading squad, uh, Janet, you're here. The last two years, three years, how many years they've won nationals now? 
three years in a row that they've, they've won nationals. Bring. And uh, it was so cool. The gal came over, had their trophy one day with Janet over here. They, she came over and it's just was talking about that they, they, they just got back from nationals. And she said to us, you know what? We could not do this if Chartel wouldn't let us practice there. We get a chance to come alongside of them and be a part of that. What a great, again, what a great opportunity to make a difference. Throw the next one up on the slide. This is our youth. Give them a round of applause. Yes. <laughs> Love our kids. Yeah. Every other year, our kids go to an international youth convention, and the off year, they do a missions. And the last couple of times that's happened, they've done local missions here uh, in the Oklahoma City area. This is our kids on their first day. They're out in the parks. Um, you can notice the front group. The girls are working while the guys are back there talking and texting. You can notice that. But, uh, but they came out in the parks. This is right after 4th of July, and they were doing cleanup here in, in the South Oklahoma City parks uh, in South Oklahoma City and more. Throw that next slide up. Um, I'm not sure exactly where that was at. Was that at somebody's house or? Yeah. They don't know. They don't remember. They, but they did, they did clean up. Where was it? Oh, Carol Ross's home. Good. One of our shut-ins who can't get out. This was at her home. They did this for a few of our, our, our elderly folks, helped them in their homes, but they also went to uh, Hope Pregnancy Center and did yard work that same day for them. Throw the next one up on the screen. This is from the regional food bank. They spent one day at the food, uh, regional food bank. Uh, I, my understanding was you guys ate as much as you boxed, but I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah, they, they, they helped with the regional food bank, which, which again feeds them. We're just, uh, look at me, guys. I'm proud of you. I just want you to know that. I love being your senior pastor. You guys make me proud. I'm serious. Come on, give him a round of applause. You did good. Yeah, I'm proud of you. I really am. All right, that's enough. They're not that good. The the next one up on the screen. This is uh, LaRonda. This is our our, uh, Zumba group. uh, How many of you have ever done Zumba? How many of you should be doing Zumba? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, LaRonda Preston, uh, who's a, a Zumba teacher, we, we stole her away from the Y. She actually we, works there too. But on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, we open this up to the community and probably 90, 95% of the, of the gals who come to this are not from Chartel. This services the gals who are in South Oklahoma City and more. And LaRonda, one of our, one of our own, leads that group and we're so proud of you. Have you gotten Kyle to come yet? No. Okay. <laughs> that would be good for you, Kyle, I promise you. Throw the next slide up on the screen. This is our Early Wine Park uh, YMCA. We've had a, a partnership with them now for the last several years. And uh, this was really cool. Um, after I moved back, I, I've gone to the Y for years. Uh, a year or so after I came, I uh, started going. They asked me to serve on the board at, at Early Wine Park Y because I had worked for the Y before, been on the board before. And um, I was sitting in a board meeting and uh, one of my first years there. And at the, during the board meeting, one of the, uh, the youth sports director shared that they use, uh, because they have so many kids participating in their youth sports program, they were out of room at Early Wine Park, and they were having to rent elementary schools around. And, um, and after, the, after the meeting, I went up to Brandon, our youth sports director there, and I said, Brandon, I said, have you ever seen the gym that we have at Chartel? He said, no. I said, have you got a minute to drive, take a drive with me? He said, yeah. So I drove him down, and I came in, and I walked him into our gym, and he walked in, and he went, wow, this is beautiful. And I said, yes, it is. I said, would you guys be interested in using our gym during the week in the evenings for your kids and on Saturdays for the sports programs? And his eyes got big and he said, man, that would be fantastic. And then I could see him do the wheel spinning and he goes, how much? How much, how much would you guys charge us for that? And I said, how about for free? And he gasped. 
And so ever since then, that's been probably eight years ago now at least, uh, every week, throughout the week, we have hundreds of kids that come through our facility that uh, play basketball and volleyball in our gym. We get a chance to minister to families. And I, it's so interesting, uh, probably uh, several months after we engaged in this, uh, Paul Uckert, who's the, the executive director from the Y, we were having lunch together one day, and he said, okay, I gotta ask you this question. He said, why in the world would you let us use your gym for free? He said, we're in here every night. Why in the world would you let us use it for free? And I said, here's the deal, Paul. I said, I could spend $20,000, you know, or $10,000 on a mailing and send it out to 50,000 homes in South Oklahoma City inviting people to come see us here at Chartel. And I said, we might get three families that might take us up on that offer. And I said, but all we got to do is turn the light and air on and let you guys come in. You bring hundreds of families onto our campus and into our facility. Families we would never touch. Families we would never meet. Families who wouldn't know anything about what we're about. And you get to do that. And all we got to do is turn the lights on. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Does that make sense to you? And it gives us a chance to really bless the, the, the throw that next page. This is a picture of their, of their basketball team. We are also for the, we do a summer day camp here at, uh, at Chartel. We're one of the four sites in South Oklahoma City for their day camp. But we are also the host for the training uh, for the workers in the day camp for all of central Oklahoma. And here's just a snapshot from what that looked like this last year. Throw it up. We get sound with that? I guess not. There we go. She borrowed my grass skirt, by the way. There were over 200 counselors from Central Oklahoma that were here on that day of training. And we get to be a part of that touching lives all around. Throw that next slide up on the screen for me. One of, our, one of our recent uh, connections that we're just so excited about is, is Cento Cristiano, which is a Spanish-speaking church uh, that was meeting in a Presbyterian church here in South Oklahoma City. Uh, Salvador Hernandez, who I've had a long-time relationship with, who was one of our MACU graduates, um, they were using, they were renting that church, and then that church is closed its doors. And Salvador came to me and asked the question. He said, Would, he said, we're looking for a space. Could we meet at Chartel temporarily while we're finding a place? Could you guys make a room for us? And I said, that I can guarantee you we'd be happy to do. And when the first Sunday he, that they came just to look around, uh, the wheels kind of started turning. And as I was showing him around, I could see his leaders. The eyes were getting big. And I said, Salvador, I said, would you guys be interested in meeting here on an ongoing basis? I said, you, you give us the opportunity to reach into South Oklahoma City in a whole pocket of our community that we're not currently touching. I said, we have a facility. They, their worship service will start at noon or at, or at 1230. And uh, I said, you, you have an opportunity. We, we've got the room. You have the need. We, this meets our vision. We would love to have you come. And now since the first Sunday of June or since Sunday of July, they've been meeting here on a regular basis. This is uh, Salvador and his wife, Alicia, and their beautiful family. Throw that next picture up. This is a picture they meet in our student ministries room. It's a picture during their worship service with uh, Salvador preaching. And this is Maria who works with their children doing one of their uh, children's things on stage. And there you get a chance to, to see the, the, the group uh, just kind of giving a hello. And then last picture, last Sunday during their worship service, they did a wedding during their worship service and they met in this room. And we get a chance to bless the entire Spanish-speaking community through this. Are you getting the sense of this now? See, I know a lot of you had no idea that all this kind of stuff was going on. 
But this is at the heart of who we are as a church. And I just want you to understand that when you hear us talk about serving our community at, at, at their point of need, this stuff is passionate for us. And, and this, is, this is, again, just the tip of the iceberg. We have dozens of these kinds of connections that we're a part of. Now, why? Why do we do these things? Are you ready? You got a sermon outline? Take it out. Let me, let's let's, let's kind of jump into this. What, would they miss us if we were gone? You, you know what's interesting? When I came here uh, 10, 11 years ago, when I did the demographics, I discovered that there are 17 other churches within a mile of us. 17. And what's interesting is that for a lot of churches, if they just folded up shop and left, nobody would even know they were gone. But we want to be a church that makes such an impact in our community I want them to miss us if we're gone. Amen? And that's the question. So, so why do we do this? Several reasons. I'm, I'm going to move through this pretty quick. First of all, it's a stewardship issue. It's a stewardship issue. Throw that passage up on the screen. This was David speaking when he, they were getting ready to build a temple. He said, oh God, uh, we thank you and we praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are our people that we could give anything to you? Read it out loud with me. Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. Look at me. This doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. We're just stewards. And one day, we stand before God, and we have to answer for how did we use this place, this facility, this location? How did we use our resources for the kingdom of God? And I want to look God in the eye and say, man, we did the best we could in the time we have to serve you well and serve our community well. Jesus said this. Throw that up on the screen for me, please. For everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Look around. God has blessed us with a beautiful place. Amen? And he expects much. And it's a stewardship issue for us. We want to use this for the glory of God. Let me give you a second reason. When we, we serve the community at the airport of need because it helps change the image of how the community views the church. It changes the image of how the community views the church. If you don't have to look hard to understand that our culture doesn't really have a fond feeling toward the church in a lot of places, honestly, for a lot of good reasons. I love what Paul said. Throw that up on the screen. Paul was writing to Colossians. He said, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Read it out loud with me. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. So interesting. Have you ever thought about how the community thinks about the church? Christians are often thought of a few different things. I've got these on your outline. First of all, the Christians are, are, are thought of as being people who just want your money. Can we be honest? The televangelists haven't done us any favors, man. You know, with, with all of the people who are on TV begging and pleading, you know, give me, you know, give me, send me your money and God will make you a millionaire and all this stuff. You know, it's, it's just nonsense. But, but that's how people have viewed the church. I'll never forget, it, it was back in Pennsylvania 20 some years ago when um, our church, when we were moving to our first little church building out of the Sheraton Hotel, we, we made up, we had these little laminated phone book covers. Now, it's back, people used to use phone books. I 
you guys don't, you don't probably know what those are, but they were phone books where people would look up numbers. That's all we had. And uh, we had these laminated phone book covers made that had our church name and logo on it. And we went to like 200, 250 homes right around our church. And we'd walk up to the door, knock on the door and say, hi, I'm from Laurel Highlands Church of God. We just are moving in down the street. We want to be really good neighbors. And we just have a little gift we want to give you. It's our way of saying, uh, you know, we're, we just want you to know we're here. If in any way we can serve you, please let us know. It blew me away how many people said, how much? And I said, no, 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 they're free. No, I mean, well, how about if I give you a donation? No, we can't take any money. This is, not, this is not a fundraiser. This is our gift to you. People were blown away. Look at me. People were blown away that the church came giving rather than asking. And that's the image that people have. Again, not that we don't need money to operate. We do, but, but that the image that people have of the church is that that's all, you, that's all they want. And it's not. That's not what we want. We want their hearts. Amen? We want their hearts. Secondly, Christians are seen as people who are angry. People who are angry. I, I talked about this. I was last week or week before my message, but man, I, you know, I grew up. I thought saint and sourpuss were synonymous words. You know, it's just kind of sometimes the way way Christians are, and and it's so interesting how the view now of Christians that is that they look at me. We're known for what we're against, not what we're for. And somewhere in the process, we have to help change that image and help the community know what we're for. Amen? Does that make sense? Yeah. And then lastly, Christians are known as people who are crazy. They're just... Now, can I be honest? As I, as I look around the room... <laughs> How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, how many of you got one of those crazies on your row right there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to call out names, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, you know, it's, it's so funny because, again, when, when, when we make the news, it's not usually for good stuff. You know, it, it's, it's somebody acting, it's acting nuts, you know, somewhere along the way. In fact, this was really wild. Uh, just a few weeks ago, some of you may have seen this in the news. In, in Lincoln, Nebraska, well, they were doing a, this really cool thing for their children's zoo, and um, they were talking about the, the, really trying to give this emphasis about serving hands. And so they, they wanted to create a sculpture to put up in front of the children's zoo that would be a, a kind of a serving hands sculpture. But when they put the sculpture up, there was a woman who saw it and said, that's demonic. Um, that's anti-Christian. That's how, how, can you, how can you build something that's such a hate sculpture against the church? The sculpture? Throw it up on the screen. How many of you know what that is? What is it? Spider-Man. When did Spider-Man join the dark side? <laughs> Are you kidding me? But, but here's the deal. Instead of asking somebody, she obviously had no idea who Spider-Man was. You know, I mean, anybody, who, anybody who's seen the Spider-Man movie knows, you know, knows who, this guy, he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, you know. He's a nice guy. He's here to help. And that's what they were talking about serving. But she didn't, she didn't ask the zoo what that was. She didn't ask somebody what that looked like. She jumped to this conclusion, started shooting emails and, and protests to, to protest something that didn't need to be protest. I love Spider-Man, you know. Are you with? But that's why people think we're crazy. Look at me. You see, when, when we become a church that really serves the community, we, we get to change that image. They realize we don't, we don't just want their money. We want to help them. We're not angry. We believe in grace and mercy. None of us would be here without it. 
And, and, and we're not crazy. Well, maybe some of us are, but we're not that crazy, okay? In fact, I put this on your outline. You know, we got, we got to do this so all the wackos don't direct all the attention, you know? <laughs> Let me give you one more. It helps us, when we become a church that really serves the community, it really helps us fulfill our mission. It helps us to fulfill our mission. I want you to hear this loud and clear. Our community doesn't have anything against the church. Here's the deal. In most communities, they're not even aware the churches are there. The biggest struggle for most congregations is anonymity. Nobody knows they exist. Nobody knows anymore why they should go. You see, there was a time, a generation or two ago, that the church, it was the focal point of social life. People came to the church to get together. They had parties here. They did things. This is where people, there weren't all the options that people have now. And along the way, we lost touch with that. And we need to reclaim our ability to build relationships with the community. We want to go make disciples. First of all, we just need to build some relationships with them and let them know who we are. Does that make sense to you? Um, throw that passage up on the screen. What did Jesus say? Therefore, do what? One more time. Do what? Go and make disciples of all nations. Don't just wait. Don't just hope that they come. Go and make disciples of all nations. I love this. Throw it up on the screen. Jesus said, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. I want to be a church that so touches our community that people look at us and say, what in the world is up with you people? What's up with you? I love it. One of my, again, I told you, one of my best moments in ministry is when I walked into the Y one day and there was a new gal working at the, at the front desk that I hadn't met and I was talking to one of the workers and got chatting with this gal and, and, um, and she said, so, so what do you do? And I said, well, I'm pastor at Chartel Church of God. She goes, oh, Chartel, you're the church that does everything. And I just smiled and said, yep. What a great reputation, Amen. You know, when I was in, I was in Phoenix, um, the city of Phoenix made an appeal to nonprofits in, in our state or in our city one year and asked if we would open a building or a room for homeless people. The summer before, 35 homeless people died because of the heat in Phoenix. And they asked nonprofits, would you be willing to open a room, a building, so that the homeless could get out of the heat from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. for month July and August um, and provide water. That was all they were asking, open a building and, and provide water. Um, we were the only church that responded to that. And we, we opened a building, and we served hundreds of homeless people that summer. Uh, we had people who donated mats or uh, little uh, cots so that they could rest, uh, donated blankets, and uh, we had uh, showers that we opened to. People donated toiletries and clothes. And, and, and we had this opportunity through the, through the course of that summer to, to really minister to a lot of different people. So interesting was there was a woman who lived right next door to our church, right on the other side of the wall, who came to our office one day and said, I don't go to church here, but I heard you guys are helping the homeless. And we said, yes, and here's what we're doing. And she said, I retired. She goes, I cut hair. And she said, could I offer my services to cut hair for the homeless? 
And we said, that would be fantastic. And so she began to come over every day, and people would shower, and they'd come, and she would trim up their hair or do a, do a haircut for them, and it was just a, a really cool thing. Well, as she started coming, she didn't go to church anywhere. She started talking to one of our workers, and they got talking about uh, our church and what it was like, and she started coming to our church, and don't you know, that woman gave her heart and life to Jesus Christ. She didn't come to hear our music. She didn't come to hear our preaching. She came because she saw this was a church that was serving the community and she wanted to be a part of something like that. Does this make sense to you? It helps us fulfill that mission. Let me give you one last thought. It helps us to be more like Jesus. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't wait in heaven for us to get to him? For God so loved us He sent his one and only son. Jesus came from heaven to earth. And when he got here, did you notice? He didn't just stay and wait for people to come to him. He went to where they were. In fact, one of my my favorite descriptions of Jesus is is found in the book of Acts. Throw it up on the screen. He said, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Read it with me, church. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus went around doing what? Doing good. What a great way to be known. I put this on your outline. Throw that up on the screen for me, would you please? Jesus healed. Jesus fed. Jesus helped. Jesus freed. Jesus comforted. Jesus met people where they were. That allowed him to take them to where God wanted them to be. And that's the kind of church we want to be. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, Rachel to go ahead and come on back up. She's got a song that she's going to lead us in. I'm going to ask the prayer partners if you guys would go ahead and and take your place. And this morning as we sing this song, this is just a beautiful song that reminds us of uh, the mission we have to serve our community uh, at their point of need. I invite you just to lean into that. Uh, there may be some of you who would like someone to pray with you. Uh, maybe you're walking through something, been dealing with something, maybe you're facing something, and you would just like someone to personally pray with you about what you or someone close to you is going through. And while we sing this song, our prayer partners are here in the front doing this just a little bit different. We have two here in the front. We also have two in the back. And we invite you to go to wherever they are. They'll be happy to pray with you. If you uh, would like someone to come to you, if you're not able to get out, if you'll just raise your hand, they'll be happy to come uh, to where you are and pray with you there. Let's make this moment just our moment where we lean into God and renew our commitment to him to be a church that serves the community at their point of need. Let's pray. Father, we are surrounded by a community that really needs to know you. Um, a lot of folks, Lord, in our, our town, have, they know that there's a hole inside. They just don't know that it's you they're looking for. And sometimes, Lord, we want to just jump right to uh, throwing the gospel at them and, and forget that you were a friend to sinners before you were a savior to sinners. And I pray that you would help us to be a good friend to South Oklahoma City. Lord, you have blessed us as a congregation. You have given us much. And we want to do everything in our power to use it in a way that would bring praise and glory to you. So help us, Lord, as a church, and help us as individuals to find our place and our role and what you would have us to do to serve our community 
at their point of need. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for your grace and mercy. And Lord, we just pray that we would be your hands, your feet, your smiles this week as we leave this place. In your precious name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. 